Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 24, Are Shape-Shifting Reptilians Running The World? The world is in chaos today. A virus is killing thousands all over the world, forcing people to self-isolate and stay two meters apart and closing the pubs. In the US, innocent black people are being killed by the police. In turn, the police and military are attacking the people protesting there. The difference between rich and poor has never been greater with the top 1% owning 95% of the world's wealth. Global warming is accelerating and causing ever more destructive weather patterns, with governments doing nothing about it. So who can we blame for all this chaos? The politicians? The billionaires? That fucking Carol Baskin? Or is it the work of interdimensional baby-eating reptilian overlords? I don't know. So listen on to find out if shape-shifting reptilians are running the world. There are several million people in the UK alone who believe the world is controlled by shape-shifting reptilians and over 12 million in the US. The belief is that they manipulate everything from politics, society and even entertainment. But where did all this stem from? It's thought that this conspiracy theory originated in 1929 in a short story, The Shadow Kingdom, by Robert E. Howard, the creator of Conan the Barbarian. The story describes serpent men, with the body of a human and the head of a snake. These serpent men could imitate humans at will, and they use shape-shifting and mind control to infiltrate humanity. In the 1940s, Maurice Doriel wrote the poem The Emerald Tablets, which borrowed heavily from the Shadow Kingdom. And that was it for a long time, until former sports commentator and human singularity of insanity, David Icke, must have read Doriel's Emerald Tablets, and he in turn wrote, The Children of the Matrix. Is the force of love in control of this world, guiding this planet at this time? Of course not. Before they are killed for their blood. And they can't have anything on under the robes. Yes, I know people put a lot of work into conspiracy theories. Have you read any of my books? No. How do you know that it's intellectually lazy? No one has promoted the shape-shifting reptilian overlord theory more than David Icke. So let's look a little into David's history. David Icke was born into abject poverty in Leicester, England. He didn't do very well at school, but he did excel at football. So much so that he was signed by Coventry City at the age of 15. 
He also later played for Oxford United, Northampton Town and Hereford United. However, he suffered from rheumatoid arthritis, which put an end to his playing career at the age of 21. He got a job as a sports reporter for a weekly newspaper, The Leicester Advertiser, and over the years worked his way up, eventually moving into radio until 1981, when he became a sports reporter for the BBC. In the 80s, David started becoming interested in alternative medicines and became a spokesman for the Green Party. Then, in 1991, he appeared on primetime British talk show Wogan and his life would never be the same again. Far more serious than mere ecological disaster. According to his book, The Truth Vibrations, the world as we know it is about to end. David Icke. That's Terry Wogan. He was the biggest talk show guy in the UK in the 80s and 90s. So you're all in the turquoise, which of course is the, mm. is the colour. Mm. Hold on a sec. Yeah, that's a good start. Fill your mouth full of sweets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, see, the, the, the world is not necessarily going to end, but um, the Earth is going to go through a series of geological changes that are necessary to make sure it doesn't end. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, did I see you say that, that turquoise is the colour? What, what's turquoise going to do? He means turquoise. I have no idea why he's saying it like that. But David has entered the stage wearing a turquoise tracksuit. And turquoise actually is the same frequency as an energy called um, love and wisdom. Therefore, when you wear that colour, you attract it. When you wear black, you attract a colour that is the opposite to love and uh, all the things we wish to bring to the earth. But and it attracts another kind of energy yeah. which, is, which is very... Um, but this is, very hard. this is very hard on priests and nuns, isn't it? <laughs> well... And goths. Priests and nuns are attracting the same vibration as goths. Maybe that's a sign that maybe all the truth is not uh, in the hands of the traditional church that has been with us over all these thousands of years. Nice comeback, Dave. Well, now, let me get this story right. The press claim that you claim to be the son of God. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yes, you see, the thing is that... Uh, you see, it's, quite, it's quite funny, really. You know, 2,000 years ago, had a guy called Jesus sat here and said these same things, you would still be laughing. It's really, really funny that we've not really moved on that much. He's the Messiah? Um, there have been many missions, if you like, over the last 12,000 years to try to free the Earth from control by an, a force that is working against the Godhead. The Godhead is the basis of all love and wisdom and all the rest of it in the whole of creation. But there is another being, the Bible refers to it as Satan, the real name is Lucifer, who is trying to take over creation. Here's the thing, I, I never understood why people think Satan is the bad guy. He never forced anyone to kill their children, he never flooded the world. All he did was give some naked people an apple. But David blathers on a while about the world being controlled by dark forces and how the bad vibration affects us. So evil has been in control of the planet for 12,000 years? It has been the dominating force. Evil's not the right word. It is imbalance. Um, but it has been increasingly in control. As I repeat, l survey the world, ladies and gentlemen. 
Is, is the force of love in control of this world, guiding this planet at this time? Of course not. The negativity, the thoughts that I'm talking about that are very destructive, are pouring out of this planet well, let me, um, let me every day. Was it, was it a great shock for you to discover this at 38? Well, I, th I think the... <laughs> I, think the word, I think the word is gobsmacked. But again, again... Gobsmacked. I've noticed that David likes that word quite a lot. You know the best way of removing negativity is to laugh and be joyous. So I'm delighted that there's so much laughter in the audience tonight. But no, um, it's a... But just let, just let me, just let me say this. They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. Fine. I didn't Terry. mean, that, I didn't mean that to be hurtful. Terry. I don't want you to misinterpret it. They're not laughing in sympathy with you. Ouch. They're laughing at you. And the crowd cheers. This went down as one of the biggest car crash moments in British TV. And that wasn't the end of it for David. Police were called to his house when over a hundred people gathered outside and chanted, We want the Messiah! And, Give us a sign, David! Devastating. How could David come back from that? Well, he started writing. Between 1992 and 94, he wrote five books, mostly about healing and spirituality. He was also still a spokesman for the Green Party. Then, in 1994, it seems David took a bit of a fork in the road. His book, The Robot's Rebellion, was published. It is in this book that he puts forward the idea that a shadowy cabal of extraterrestrials were hell-bent on world domination. The book borrowed heavily from The Protocols of Zion, an anti-Semitic literary forgery. It's at this point the Green Party decide he's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy, and drop all association with him. In 1999, David adds a final dump onto his conspiracy shit sandwich and publishes The Biggest Secret, in which he claims it is the murderous baby-eating reptilians from the Draco constellation that control everything. And that is how David Icke went from being a turquoise-wearing object of ridicule to a tin-four-hat-wearing crusader against the reptilian Illuminati. This family bloodline interbreeding control system of these elite families was not just a human thing. It went beyond that uh, into uh, entities that are anything but human. Uh, what, uh, could, uh, they, uh, be? And it was only with the, the passage of the years and more and more research when I started to realise the nature of this reality that we're experiencing. I'd love to see David researching stuff. I wonder what he considers research. He goes on about stuff outside of our visible spectrum and finally gets into the Illuminati bloodlines. They are bred to be the vehicles within visible light, this world that we experience, of these entities. And if you go back and you look at religious beliefs, etc., of the, of the ancients and the accounts of the ancients, these entities, which go under different names, some people call them the serpent race, some people call them demonic. In the Islamic culture, they call them jinns. All different names, uh, but the same entities. The bloodlines are 
interbreeding incessantly and have been right back to ancient Babylon and Sumer and Egypt, etc. and beyond. He might have a point there. The British royal family have been enthusiastic cousin fuckers for hundreds of years. David says the demonic reptilians have a special DNA allowing them to possess the bodies of these influential families. You research any of these families, be it the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, uh, Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, any of these people, you will go eventually into uh, black magic, uh, blood drinking, human sacrifice rituals where they um, make sacrifices to the gods. And these gods are these entities which feed off human energy and feed off human blood too. So people accept, yes, uh, oh, long ago people used to use human sacrifice to the gods, yes, and all the rest of it. And they think, oh no, we're kind of civilized now. Well, some of us are, but these bloodlines are not. And they're just continuing to do today covertly what they were openly doing um, in, in the past. So this murder and blood drinking have been going on for years. And there's even someone who claims she was forced to participate in the rituals. Her name is Arizona Wilder. She was programmed by the Nazi angel of death, Joseph Mengele, to conduct satanic rituals for the evil Illuminati. And if that is your story, who better to tell it than oh, David fucking Ike? The Illuminati are actually run by these 13 bloodlines, which are all of the royal families in, in Europe and, and uh, in England. And um, they um, need the blood because they are, in fact, not human. They take human shape. They are reptilians. And they need the blood. The blood helps them maintain their reptilian shape. And it helps them maintain their sanity. And it helps them to live in this world because they are not from this world. That's even true metaphorically. The royal family live in a world of butlers and roasted swan sandwiches. Nothing like the world I live in. But what they need is for it to be secreted in the blood is they need terrorization of, of their victims they, before they are killed for their blood. And it, they have to terrorize them to get this to come out in the blood and be secreted in the blood. Not only do they drink blood, it has to be terrified blood. They are killed at that moment as they are staring into their eyes. And not only do they, do they, they can't hold their shape when, when this happens. They, the human shape. The human shape they cannot hold. They go back into reptilian shape as this is happening because it, it, it's, a, it's like an animalistic um, um, type of, of excitement. Oftentimes they can't, they, they will just rip into the victim and, and eviscerate them and start uh, eating the flesh of, of, of this person too. Ugh. Sounds like an off-strip Vegas buffet. And the fat from the, the uh, intestinal area is highly valued as they use it on their skin. That still doesn't sound as bad as foreskin facials. And yes, that is a real thing. Uh, so there are changes going on in the earth. It seems they're not able to hold their shape like they once were able to. 
and people see them shapeshift more and more and they need the blood to try and maintain it. So that's why there's more YouTube shapeshifting videos these days. The Aryan are the uh, reptilians. Oops, Freudian cock. Um, I mean, slip there. Arrived here and again began to take over. Uh, and they, in, they instilled themselves in different places uh, underground in, in the uh, earth. And also this one part of them, the ruling part, took over and became involved in the politics and in the religion um, and started controlling through these means at that point in time. Oh my God, they're underground too. So take us through one of these rituals that you conducted at the highest level of this global brotherhood. What would happen? And then they have these children that they're kidnapping and bringing in from other countries and no one misses them because these are third world countries and children are the they have the most energy the purest energy the, they're the highest form of sacrifice they are used as actual blood sacrifices well this has turned dark the blood will be gathered in a goblet and it will be dispersed among the reptilians well, it is a ceremony. You kind of have to have a goblet. A plastic sippy cup just wouldn't seem right. Are, are these rituals uh, rare? I mean, how many are there that, say, go on uh, a year? I mean, we talk there about hundreds some, or thousands of there, there are things happening every month of the year. What happens on the night of Halloween? That night is about the worship uh, and, and homage to Satan, the great... Um, deceiver Satan. It's also probably the only night they don't have to hold their human form. You've conducted them in Europe and uh, the United States. Can we start with the United States? Uh, yes, um, I have seen at rituals, I have seen George Bush, um, I have seen um, Madeleine Albright, I have seen Henry Kissinger, um, I have seen uh, Ronald Reagan, um, and I have also, by the way, uh, seen his wife, Nancy Reagan. I have seen Hillary Clinton before I knew she was Hillary Clinton. So it would seem reptilians have no political affiliation. The other people that I have named and are, as I have seen shapeshift into reptilians. Jay Rockefeller, um, and he shapeshifts. These people seem to all be connected to the Illuminati. Gerald Ford, I have seen shapeshift. Gerald Ford? Surely he's too clumsy to be a reptilian overlord. The Queen there, I've seen uh, Princess Margaret there, I've seen Charles there, um, and they shapeshift. Uh, I have seen Tony Blair there, um, and he shapeshifts. I knew it. What have you seen um, the royal family do, the queen, the queen mother, and uh, the other people you've seen in the rituals? What, what have you seen them do? I've seen all of them drink human blood and 
consume human flesh and uh, they have their own um, goblets. Well, you can't expect the Queen to use the same goblet as those ghastly Americans. Wear these robes, but they don't wear anything underneath the, the robes because what is going to happen, what the rituals are all about, they're going to shapeshift and they can't have anything on under the robes. Kind of an incredible Hulk situation, I guess. And there are, there are orgy kind of things that go on at the rituals also. And, uh, involving the, the royal family of Britain? Yes, involving the royal family of Britain and, and the sacrifice and the eating of, consuming the sacrifice, and they are involved in that. You've seen them do that? Yes, I have seen them do that. Actually, if you look at the history of the British royal family, that's a long way from the worst they've ever done. The Queen Mother has an image of being the nation's grand grandmother. The nice old lady and uh, good old Queen Mum, what a lovely lady. What's your experience of, of the Queen Mother? The dear old Queen Mum? But every pub has a picture of her pulling pints behind a bar. It's a tradition or an old charter or something. She is very cold in reality and she is very cruel. She obviously, from what I see, enjoys consuming human flesh. Uh, it's sickening. Oh God, but surely she's too old to be doing that. The, the human body that they, that they choose to occupy or take when it was young it ages, but when they take the reptilian form, they still, these reptilians live hundreds of years. Oh. David asks what the transformation is like. It's just a, a literal transformation that happens very quickly. And they get taller, and they get bigger, and um, they're... They don't look at all as, as reptilians like they do as humans. Um, and thus, the wearing of the robes, because if they were in clothes, the clothes would be torn apart. I was right. It is like the Hulk. That movie would have been a lot different if he wore a robe. So let's take the Queen Mother on this subject as an example. We recognize her as a frail old lady. Um, what does she look like when she shapeshifts at these rituals? I'm beginning to think there might be beef between David and the Queen Mum. She has, uh, she looks like, she, she, the nose portion gets very much longer and it grows into kind of a snout kind of thing. She has little fangs, um, and, and incisors as, as teeth, and there's a tongue. They all seem to have this kind of tongue uh, when they're in, in, at this level. The tongue has a lot of long, uh, hairy, or pointed projections, projections coming out of it. It's very long. Ew! Um, and there is a tail, and they, a lot of times, will keep the tail curled. and. When, when, I mean, when, and I've seen her when she's very uh, displeased with something, as I've seen other members like this, uh, it, this tail is whipped around, uh, very agitated, and they do, and she, and she hisses. I'd like a tail. 
Just imagine what I could do with a tail. What, what, what colour are they? Um, which one in particular? Take the Queen Mother as an example. Jesus, David, what the fuck did she ever do to you? She's um, kind of a beige colour on the underside. And by the time you're going up around to the back and, and the tail and the top of the head and, and on top of the, the nose, snout, whatever, it, it's coming to a very, uh, there are dark speckles of, or large speckles of dark browns. I could see that. They're about, just about seven feet tall. Um, some, are, some are a little shorter um, or to a foot shorter. Uh, some are a little bit taller than seven feet. I've stood pretty close to the Queen, and she is tiny. Not much more than five foot tall, I estimate. With a transformation in stature like that, her robe is going to get trashed. But away from the lengthy descriptions of what they look like, that had to be heavily edited, we get back to the rituals. What have you seen the Queen, um, or any of the royal family do in relation to that. You've seen them, have you seen them sacrifice and, and, uh, and uh, consume human flesh? There are certain times when they will actually do a sacrifice or there will have been someone doing a sacrifice and it's not happening fast enough for them. So they will step in and finish it themselves because it, the sacrifice has, the ritual has to be gone through, this, it's sacrificially, I mean ritualistically, it has to have been gone through, and they will step right in and just start tearing this, this, th the throat out. They're busy people, the royals. They've got horse races to go to or plaques to unveil. Was there any way um, when Diana was married to Charles, without attending a blood ritual, that she could have seen him or one of the others become a reptile? They have a tendency when they're asleep uh, to shapeshift and not, they have, they have to consciously hold their form and when they're asleep um, they have a tendency to not hold human form and to shapeshift uh, into reptilian. Would tend, that scent of blood would tend to uh, cause a momentary shapeshift. Sounds like my wife in her sleep. So that was Arizona Wilder. True or not, I think it's safe to say she's not a fan of the royals. David hasn't only been spouting his theories in books and YouTube videos. He's also been on major news shows. Semi-respected political journalist Andrew Neal even invited him onto his show for some reason. We join him mid-rant about Iraq and 9-11. The mainstream media has accepted that those characters, those same characters, lied about Iraq, but will not question in any way the same people's version of 9-11. They're journalists, it's their job. But do you still think the royal family were shape-shifting lizards? Yes, I do. You do? Yes. And you also want us to believe 9-11 is a conspiracy. Well, I guess the two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, yes, but the doesn't point... Doesn't that, that rather undermine... I mean, well, no, it I doesn't. can see the point that you might have some uh, question 9-11, but if you also think 
that Buckingham Palace is inhabited by lizards. It kind uh, of undermines but it's not it. that it's not that simple. There's a whole big backstory before you you get to to. Um, uh, what, what I'm saying, if you, if you deliver it in one line, oh, you know, the world's run by reptiles, it, it, you, you meet it on one level, oh, that's crazy, immediate reflex action. Yeah, come on, Andrew, there's so many levels to this. But when you, oh, see, the, when you see the backstory and the evidence to support this, ancient and modern, it, you, you see that uh, one line, yeah. throwaway line, um, in a completely different context. All right, let me bring in that. that. Have you ever believed in a conspiracy theory, Liz? Also in the studio are Michael Portillo, former Defence Secretary to John Major's Conservative Government, and Liz Kendall, Labour MP for Leicester West. No, I haven't, but um, I think David Aronovich is really interesting on this because he, he says that sort of paradoxically we kind of... We keep obsessing about conspiracies because somehow it's, it's actually reassuring to think that there's some... Great some network or, or some purpose <laughs> when in fact the world is chaotic and random and terrible things happen. And we Iraq was just a horror, horrible foreign policy head, mistake. And we can't get our heads around it. You see, as a journalist, I would love to believe in conspiracy theorists because they're much better stories. But almost everything I've ever investigated, it turns out cock up is a better explanation than conspiracy. Can he say cock up on BBC News? What does Michael Porterloo think? Yes, I know people put a lot of work into conspiracy theories, but I, I still think they're actually intellectually lazy. Jesus, Michael! David's sitting right there. Um, I, I, I think, you know, people just don't want to get their head around the way things really work. That having been said, I mean, let me say, firstly, that, you know, a lot of people are gullible about conspiracies. Intellectually lazy and believed by the gullible? Stand up for yourself, David. This is coming from a guy that now makes TV shows about old trains. My last book, before the present one, is a thousand pages. Have you read any of my books? No, I haven't. How do you know that it's intellectually lazy? One thousand pages is definitely not lazy. But I guess it's the content that could be intellectually lazy. I wasn't talking about you, actually, No, no, no. You were talking about me, because that, that's what I do. How do you know... No, I meant mem members of the public who immediately latch on to a conspiracy as being the most reasonable explanation of a perfectly simple situation, I think are intellectually lazy. I think he got him. How that do we know point. you're not a conspiracy to make us all believe in conspiracies? People must believe what they like. See, this is the simple thing. It's ever so simple. You look at information and you make a decision on what you think of it. Mm. But if no-one is investigating what um, governments and authorities are saying with a view to whether it's true or not, then what uh, chance have people got to to see information um, that they can then make a decision on? All they're getting is the mainstream uh, repeat, repeat, repeat version of everything. Well, I mean, in my uh, career, everything I know has been investigated, and we go by the facts. Just very briefly, what are you up to these days? Um, uh, just got a new book out called Phantom Self, and I'm going on a world tour. Um, well, all over the world, and uh, that's, that, that, that's, no, that shows how many people are looking at this. As in, before you go on that world tour. And there you have it. Books and world tours in front of thousands of people. I think he might have proved Michael's point right. Episode, Episode 24. Our shape-shifting reptilians running the world. The epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that David Icke is not the Messiah. The press claim 
that you claim to be the son of God. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yes, you see, the thing is that uh, see, it's, quite, it's quite funny, really. We learnt that the dear old Queen Mum might not have been so dear. What's your experience of, of the Queen Mother? She is very cold in reality, and she is very cruel. And we learnt that David says he's not intellectually lazy because his books are very long. My last book before the present one is a thousand pages. Have you read any of my books? No, I haven't. How do you know that it's intellectually lazy? Here's some of the people accused of being shape-shifting reptilians. All the royals, the Clintons, actually all the US presidents and leaders of the UK and Russia, and Chris Christopherson? Ica said he must be telling the truth because no one has sued him. But that isn't true. Richard Warman is a Canadian human rights lawyer that Ike wrote about in his book Children of the Matrix. He claimed Warman took part in satanic child abuse. Ike ended up having to pay 90,000 Canadian dollars to Warman and three bookstores also had to cough up $120,000. Since his Torquoise period, Ike's claims and theories have become more and more outlandish, but I think the reptilian one is his magnum opus. Some have said it's actually a metaphor for anti-Semitic views, views that he strenuously denies. In 2008, David ran for election as an independent in the Halton, Price and Howden by-election. He vowed that if he wins, he would refuse to enter Parliament, as he would not take the oath to the Queen. In the end, he didn't have to worry about it. He only got 110 votes and he lost his deposit. Lately, Ike has pretty much been banned from every streaming channel and social media outlet apart from his own, due to his troubling theories about 5G. Does he even believe what he writes? He can't possibly believe it all. But what he does know is that for every conspiracy theory he comes up with, it means a new book, an international tour, and lots of money. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Sign to you, sleeping